ho, football festivists. Welcome to a special holiday episode of Brews and Banter FC, where we're unwrapping the latest EPL excitement. I'm Redbeard, and here with me in our festive booth is the one spreading all of the football cheer, Parga. Today we're toasting to Match Day 17's thrills, spills, and maybe even a few Christmas miracles. But wait, there's more under the podcast tree. We're bringing you a Yuletide debate on the top three strikers of all time. It's a goal-scoring gift that just keeps on giving. So grab your favorite holiday brew, cozy up by the fireplace, and join us for a festive blend of football and Christmas cheer. Brews and Banters FC holiday special starts right now. What's up, man? How you doing? Love the Christmas sweater you got on. I know, right? I got a no lie, ugly Christmas sweater. A Santa, a hat. Santa hat. I got beer. You're in sunny Arizona. I am. That's uh, the different background yeah. here. Yeah. Well, at least you got the sun. So, props to you. And I also have beer. Oh, what are you drinking oh, today? Oh, I am drinking. Pizza Port Brewing Company out of Carlsbad, California, Chronic Ooh. Ale Amber Ale. Have not had this one. It was in the back of the in-law's fridge <laughs> for who knows how long, because the brother-in-law yeah. was like, oh, that's the beer I left here. And he now lives in North Carolina. So uh, <laughs> it's a uh, that's interesting. It's a lot of ale. It's an amber, but it almost tastes a little bit like a stout, but then it finishes off with a little bit of a fruity flavor. That is interesting. It, yeah. It may also be the most in-depth analysis of a beer I've ever heard you do. <laughs> right? Being My normal, it's good, it's Arizona. bad. <laughs> well, today I've got Old Faithful Humble Abodes. New black IPA. It's called Lights Out. It's because it's 8.5%. Ooh, spicy. Spicy. It is dark, like a dark lager or a porter, so. Well, you'll have to let us know how it is. Out of 10 on mine, I'd, I'd give it a 6.8 uh, out of 10. 6.8? That's pretty good for all those flavors, man. It is. It's, it's, not, it's an easy drinker. It's light. Light. Well, this one, my friend, is not light. I was about to say, yours is yeah. probably heavy. But for a black IPA, it's it, it's strange, just like yours. It, it tastes like almost a combination of multiple beers. Because up front, it tastes like a dark lager. Okay. Which is a little lighter. In the middle, it tastes more like a porter. So more the the chocolate, coffee, malt. And at the end, you get a little bit of IPA. So I'm, I'm not going to lie. I would drink the shit out of this. <laughs> like a 9 out of 10? Yeah. Maybe, maybe 9.1. Well, yeah. the good news is you only have to drink two of them before you're probably lights out. <laughs> yeah, probably, which is great. So that'll make this episode very fun. Yes, it will. But let's get into the action, man. Match week 17. We'll start off with the Friday game. It was Nottingham Forest hosting Tottenham Hotspur. 
And Forest continued their slide down the table as Spurs find their form to win their second straight in a row, winning 2-0. Despite even being down a man for 20 minutes. Yeah, man, this match was all Spurs. And they pummeled the Forest goal in the first 15 minutes, man. I didn't think Forest were going to get any, like, even out of their own half watching the first 15 minutes of football. Yeah, Spurs are, even without James Madison, they found their groove back, I would say. Probably helps you have one of your center backs actually playing in Christian Romero versus two <laughs> fullbacks as center backs. And your boy Richarlison has finally scored some goals. Yeah, yeah, they're finally getting some output from him. About time. Took long enough, right? Mm-hmm. Only a season and a half. Don't worry about it. Spurs, though, they found their opener through Richarlison. Um, what was Turner doing for this one, man? He looks like he tries to come out to get the ball, completely misjudges it, and Richarlison just comes right in in front of him, heads it in. Yeah, it's very reminiscent of the David Raya versus Luton incident, where hesitation, not quite sure where the ball's going to end up, tries to go punch it or catch it. I couldn't tell, but either way, Richarlison was already in front of him, and it was too late before he made his mind. Turner was a little suspect in this game. <sighs> All match, man. All match. I'm surprised it wasn't more than 2-0, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. A little, little troubling for uh, U.S. men's national team fans here. Yeah. Luckily, they have multiple goalies that can come in and step up. But, I mean, Turner being, you know, number one for the U.S. national team for a long time, it's a very shaky. Forrest thought they'd leveled through Anthony Alanga, but he was just a smidgen offsides. And Kulisevsky, man, he has found some form lately for Tottenham. He got the second one. After, again, Matt Turner, terrible clearance. Terrible. Not sure who he was passing it to. I mean, just... And then he makes the mistake. Kulisevsky shoots it right at him, and he lets it through. <laughs> it's just like... Makes yeah, one well, error, and then compounds it the, with a second error. Before we get to the head turner... Um... The head turner? <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Kulisevsky, man. Because, yeah, he's been on fire. And I, I saw a stat, I think it was from February of 2002. 2020, sorry. 2020, uh, yeah. He has the third most assists in the Premier League, right behind Bukayo Saka, well, fourth, behind Bukayo Saka, James Madison, and Kevin De Bruyne. Which for Interesting. him, it's, yeah, shows you how good he's been, even though he's been hurt for a lot of that time. It's It's almost like he's playing better, playing in the middle versus out on that right wing. Yeah, it's strange. It's strange. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens when James Madison comes back, because that inevitably will happen soon, I I hope for Tottenham's sake. But it'll be interesting to see, especially since he plays. It's night and day better when he's on the wing versus when he's in the middle. So He's playing much better in the middle, yes. Yeah, much, much. But, yeah, I mean, all credit to Kulisevsky, man. He put the hammer through that ball before it went through Turner's hands. He did, but again, it's right at Turner, man. You gotta... Yeah, it literally, like, it's right above his head, right through his hands. Two hands on it, yeah, you gotta do better. Just have to. Yeah, like, it, who cares if it goes out in front of you and you spill the rebound? Just don't let it go in. It's not that hard. Spurs, though, a little dampener on things. Even Suma, man, with a red card in the 69th, came in high on uh, 
on a tackle. Originally, it was a yellow. VAR asked the ref to go to the monitor, and he gave gave it a second look and pulled out the red card. Basuma will now serve a four-match ban. Is yep, this a red second, for you? Second straight red of the season. Um, I'll be honest with you. Even at first glance, I thought this was a red. I didn't know how he gave a yellow. Dorian Yates really screaming on the ground, rolling around. Um, I, yeah, I, I mean, I saw it live, and I'll be honest, it, live, looked it didn't pretty look bad. bad. It, it didn't. looked pretty bad live, and then they showed a replay in regular motion from a different angle, and I was like, that's 100% a red. I was surprised the ref took so long at the monitor, to be honest with you. Again, the, the slow-mo replay does make it a lot worse, but I thought the on-field decision of a yellow was fine, but again, that replay, it, it made it look bad. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely made it look worse. I will yes. Say that. Yes, it did. <laughs> but I will give an obligatory shout-out to Vicario, man. He's easily, by far, my goalie of the season so far, man. He, he the, the only reason Spurs are where they're at in the table is because of him. Is he the he's best summer amazing. signing in the Premier League? It's, so far? It, it got definitely a shout for that, let me tell you. Especially for what he means for Tottenham. I will definitely say that. Multiple point-blank saves, couple of goal-line clearances. He, he's just everywhere, all at once. It's insane how this guy moves. Great shot stopping, great with his feet, yeah. Yep. And then I know you posted it on our Facebook, but uh, today, the day this is recorded, as of the recording, Steve Cooper. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Officially fired as manager of Nottingham Forest. Looks like they're in talks with Nuno Espirito Santo. Really? Uh, for his replacement hmm. after his sacking at Al Etihad last month. I swear, Espirito Santo, man, he jumps around clubs like nobody's business. Yes, yes, he does. We kind of saw this coming for Steve Cooper. I think I mentioned it a couple episodes ago. If I maybe even as soon as the last episode that we did, May- yeah, yeah, <laughs> something like that. Been, that was a few beers ago, been, man. <laughs> I mean, Nottingham Forest has been tumbling on down the table. They are in a landslide. Luckily, everybody below them is awful, so they have that going for them. But they could get dragged into that. Yeah, they're they're going to be in trouble if they keep it up. No wins in their last five games, just that one draw. So, yeah, Yeah. probably right choice for you? Yeah, I would say so, and not because of their away form, but because how horrendous their home form has been, especially after the beginning of the season. They were doing so well at home, and now it's like they're just uninspired, even with their fans behind them. I think it's the right call. You want to get rid of your coach if you're going to before the January transfer window. This gives, you know, if Nuno does come in, whatever coach comes in, it gives them a couple games to look at the squad, make a couple signings if you can, and try to right that ship. Well, the thing for me, too, is forced to sign how many players? 25, 20, 30? In the past couple of yes, past transfer couple windows. windows. I, I just, I, where are you going to go? You can't, like, most teams aren't going to want the players you don't want anymore. So you send them out on loan? Send them out on cheap? I think this last transfer window was done a, a bit better, at least smarter signings versus before, man. They, how many was it? It was like 15 players came in, all a couple on loan, a couple they yeah. bought. It was it was wild. Yeah, it's, and I mean, they, they have it was the hard quality. Enough. It's there. It's I, there, I just, but it was hard enough trying to sort through all those players, man. Yeah, they're like Chelsea. 
Oh wait, Chelsea is. I was gonna say Chelsea have the bottom half of the table, but <laughs> Chelsea's there too. <laughs> they're not quite actually. They're they're mid table. They're 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 still top half, but Pretty just much. barely, barely. <laughs> oh man. All right, well, let's move on to Bournemouth versus Luton. This game was 1-1 and was postponed after uh, some scenes you don't like to see. No. As the Hatter's captain, Tom Locklear would collapse on the pitch, and he'd be stretchered off later conscious and alert. So that's, I guess, good news for them. Yeah. Uh, it's it's nothing you want to see. It's terrifying as, you know, former footballers, too, because, you know, to see that happen to someone who has tests done regularly, especially on yeah. the heart. I mean, it's the second time it's happened in the calendar year. I mean, it that's a, that's the, that's the worrying part against Coventry City in the second, you know, in the playoff. I just, yeah, man, it happened in the 60th minute. Match was abandoned. They'll continue out the rest of the game. But I'll be honest with you, if I'm either team, I'm just like, you know what? Let's call it a draw. I, I know they're looking into it, the Premier League. There's some certain qualifications for if there's a replay. I think a certain amount of time has to be played or something like that. But we'll see if it does happen yeah. and when. But otherwise, this, yeah, like you said, this is a 1-1 draw. And... Yeah, I honestly don't really need to talk about the match because it might not even matter at this point. It just well, to go out to Tom Locklear and his family. Agreed. Agreed. And another team that had some prayers answered, Chelsea. They won 2 0 against Sheffield. (laughs) (laughs) Greatest segue ever? I don't know. (laughs) What a segue. Holy cow. I almost spit out my beer. (laughs) Well, tell me about the game, man. Chelsea, they won it 2 0. Pretty much dominated. Domination probably is an understatement. I mean, Chelsea finished this match with 78% possession. <laughs> they won it 2-0. Sheffield United are terrible. Let's be honest. Chelsea have had possession, majority of it, in most of their games this season. But it's can they finish? And it took them all the way until the 54th minute to take the lead through Mr. Reliable Cole Palmer. You see him meet a low cross from Raheem Sterling inside the six-yard box, his sixth of the campaign. Easily Chelsea's best player, in my opinion. I don't know about you. I, I 100%. Know I need to ask you. Cole Palmer, yes. I mean, Raheem Sterling's shown flashes of brilliance this season, but he hasn't been consistent. Flashes. Cole Palmer's like been good every time he's been on the field. I would disagree every time, but. Uh, yeah, they'd find their second. Just eight minutes later, as Nico Jackson would win a mad scramble in front of the weird net. Goal. Tap it in. This looked like weird goal, when, man. VAR took their time. It looks like when you have you set up like a white elephant Christmas party, and you don't pick numbers. You just say, "Here are the gifts in the middle. Everybody, go get one." That's what this looked like. And finally, the ball popped out to Nico Jackson as if he was the person that just said, "Well, I'll wait for them to fight over it." And see what happens. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. I mean, it was so sloppy. Fodderingham should have had the ball multiple times, probably. Couldn't get a hand on it. Nico Jackson just there to finish it at the end of the day. 
There is also one of the worst misses, maybe of the season. We'll see. Definitely a contender from Armando Brocha on this I mean, one. Don't don't say that too loud. Darwin Nunez might have a thought about that. <laughs> he might say, "Hold my beer." <laughs> yeah, it's a long season. He's had a couple of howlers, but this one definitely the worst so far. I will say, just alone in front of goal from four yards out, somehow kicks it wide. I mean, I'll, I'll give him. A little excuse, the ball was slightly behind him. But to kick it that far wide is just, that's nuts, man. It was harder to miss the goal than to score. I I agree. And for someone who's getting paid millions of pounds, you should never miss that. I'm sorry. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and like you said, Chelsea dominated this game. But I will say, for as dominating they were, they weren't that impressive. No, no. Not at if all. you know what I mean, like, it, mm-hmm. like yes, they dominated Sheffield United, but it wasn't an impressive Look, win at all by Chelsea. It's also, Sheffield United. Let's move on to a uh, Manchester City man. They drew two two with Crystal Palace at the Etihad. Wow. Do you see this one coming, man? No, especially watching the game. Up until Palace scored, it was 100% Man City. The whole game. The whole game. But, I mean, what a terrible result for Manchester City as they go to Saudi Arabia for the Club World Cup. Not what you want to start that off with. Especially traveling. No, this was like, it was a weird City performance because they were up 2-0. And usually 2-0 up Man City just kind of cruise to to a victory, but that that was not the case in this one, man. I mean, Jack Grealish got him going in the 24th. Honestly, I thought that goal was offside. It was it was so close. I did too. Watching it live, and then seeing the lines put on it, I guess he wasn't, but... I was guess. Yeah. I guess he wasn't, but it, so still, great. that city, they oh. slice and dice that Crystal oh. Palace defense, man. Oh. Some passing. Yeah. Slick mm. passing. And then, yeah, Ederson would run out. There's there's an incident in the first half I want to talk about. Ederson kind of runs out of his box, takes out Mateta, gets a yellow. Could it have been a possible red? Was Mateta through one goal after if he gets around him? Yes. I will say that, yes. The answer to that is yes. But I do know Ruben Diaz was just off to the side of Mateta. He was just off to the side. So I think that's the only reason that Ederson didn't get a red. But it could have easily been one as well because he didn't play the ball at all. He went straight for the man. Just clatters into it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, just as easily as it was a yellow, it could have been a red. I mean, it's up to the ref's discretion on that one. A different ref, maybe a different day kind of a situation. 100%. Yeah. City also had a goal taken off after an Alvarez free kick goes in. Uh, this was for offside. This was an interesting one. So he kicks. Alvarez is taking a free kick out from the left-hand side, quite a few yards out, just crossing it in. And it goes past everyone and goes in. Gets called back for offsides because Rodri ducks out of the way of the ball. I think that's the correct call because you can tell the goalkeeper is anticipating a touch from Rodri and then it he doesn't. Yeah. And it goes in. Yeah. I mean, we've seen it happen where it goes in and it's called all the time. That's why those free kicks are so dangerous. Putting it in at an angle like that. No one touches it, it goes in. Someone touches it, it goes in. If the defender gets it out, good for them. 
But yeah, I mean, I think it was Henderson that was playing in this one in goal for Palace. Um, he definitely yes. he definitely moves as Rodri does in yes. the wrong way, not towards the ball. So yeah, good call for me as well. Enrico Lewis puts him up in the fifty fourth two nil. And then Palace, man, the comeback. Yeah, and then the begins. <laughs> their first real meaningful attack of the match. They kind of catch City on a break with a long ball over the top. Schloop gets onto it. Schlup, I think, actually how you pronounce it. Yeah. Plays up, cross into the middle for Mateta, who finishes it. Open goal, man. Yeah, I mean, I did not see this coming. When, when Schlup hits this across, I'm like, oh, Ederson's got it. And then all of a sudden, the ball is past Ederson. And Mateta's like, oh, shit, I have the ball. <laughs> Puts it in the net. <laughs> and that was in the 76th minute. So it made for a definitely interesting last 20 minutes or so. And then second half stoppage time, Palace get awarded a late PK in the 93rd. Richards, or, uh, yeah, Richards knocks across to Mateta, who, uh, just gets right in front of Foden as he's about to clear it, and Foden ends up kicking him in the shin, and ref points to the spot. Was this a penalty for you? 100%, man. Yeah, I, I agree. Mean, I Mateta mean, is the man of the moment. He's on fire right now. and Subbing in for Edson Edouard. timing Edson Edouard. Just, yeah. just to be like, hey, I'm going to get kicked. I don't care. Probably, yeah, that could not have felt good. At least he wasn't wearing shin guards like uh who was it? That, that were oh, that, that Brighton I think it was a Brighton yeah. player, wasn't it? <laughs> that was it. <laughs> they were seriously like just a little Was it Hinshelwood? Is that what it was? I think it was, yes, I think yeah. it was. Oh my god. You guys gotta check that out. They're like maybe an inch and a half big. And the commentator's like, I don't is that a shin guard? It looks like a piece of cardboard. If I'm being honest, you know what it looked like at first for me? I thought it was a tampon. <laughs> I was like, who's he giving that to? <laughs> That's too funny. <sighs> Anyways, back to this game. Um, yeah, it penalty all the way. It was great. Um, Michael Elise. Elise, that was it. Steps up, Thank scores it, man. Mind. Cool as you like. Oh, Calmness man. personified. That's Michael Elise for you, man. This is the way he plays. It's fantastic. I love it. Good to see Elise. Uh, Eze came off the bench. And then good to see Den- Dean Henderson in goal, man. Yeah. yeah I think he's a, for a while. could be a little difference maker there for, for Palace. He could. he could. And, you know, especially with the pressure building on Roy Hodgson, this is a massive point. Yes. Yes, Roy Hodgson a little bit in the hot, hot seat there. So, yeah, good yeah. point for Palace. They're in 15th place. City, though, fourth on 34 points. Yeah, man. that They do not look. I would almost say that Manchester City are suffering from winning three back-to-back titles and a treble. They just look cocky when they get up 2-0, 1-0. And then they just take their foot off the gas and get lackadaisical, and it's kicked them in the ass all season. So. So are they still the favorites for you to win the title? Yes, uh, mostly because Kevin De Bruyne is back in full training, which is what nobody that thinks they can win the title wants to see. Um, as long as he stays healthy and Rodri stays on the field, they're my favorites. 
because those two on that field with Holland and wingers like Doku, Grealish, Foden, Alvarez even, I just, you know Pep's going to right the ship, especially defensively. He'll do it. They will, yeah. Attacking-wise, you get De Bruyne and Doku on the same pitch. This is going to be ridiculous. Holland was also out for this game. Yeah. Picked up a little injury. I, I, I kind of feel the same way. Like, until, you know, if they're in this position come March, April maybe, then I I would say something, but... I mean, it's what Pep said. It's The last 14 games are really what matters. And you know who the best team in the last 14 games are? Manchester, Manchester City. City. <laughs> yep, they've proven it time and time again. And that's where they won the title last season. And this season they will be my favorites until they show me otherwise for the last 14 games. So, too early to knock them out of that conversation. And they're only five points off the top. We saw what they did with 11 points last season. It still hurts. Exactly. They're they're still favorites, man. It's hard to deny a treble-winning team. So is Kevin De Bruyne to come back to. All right, let's move to Newcastle. They would return to winning ways after losing their last three matches. Beating the 10-man Fulham 3-0. This was started out with some controversy. Raul Jimenez... We get a red card in the 22nd minute. He would kind of go flying in the long staff, Sean Longstaff, ass first, clatters into his face. It was hilarious. Ass to face. What well, I I mean honestly, it almost looks like he thinks Longstaff is going to move out like he's going to dribble past him and move out of the way. Well, I think he thinks Longstaff's gonna chip the ball over him, which is why he jumps or so that high. Too. Yeah. Which is also and so he jumps turns. up to try to block the ball, and then he sees he's not doing that, so he turns his body, and yeah, his ass just hits ass him straight face. in the face. And ass <laughs> face. Hilarious. And so it was initially a yellow for yeah, the challenge, and the VR had the ref check the monitor. VR. After a few moments, it was deemed dangerous challenge and upgraded to a red. For me, this was not a red card. Yellow? Sure. Red? No. No way. And so this is where I don't like. I feel like VAR is interfering and almost re-refing the games. Like, they almost want to have their little stamp onto, okay, VAR has to get involved. Versus, the. On- I feel like the on-field decision was right. And yeah. I, I mean, in certain instances, yes. I think VAR has done a good job. Like, in the um, Tottenham game for Basuma should have been red. But the ref made that decision. VAR didn't. They just told him to go to the monitor. This one, as uh, you know, some Jordies might get mad at me for saying this because they're already mad at me from the Arsenal game earlier, but <laughs> typical Newcastle fashion, someone does something relatively wrong against them, the person gets a red card but they can do whatever they want against other players. But yes, I'm still mad about the Jorginho instead. They got nothing. What the fuck? I would have liked for the referee to go to the monitor and keep with his yellow. Yeah. I think or on this least, one. at least make the decision. Didn't even go to the monitor. Have so. him be the one to make the decision that says, yeah, yeah no, this is still just a yellow. Mm-hmm. But like and you it said... Changed, it changed the, like, the complete outlay of the game and everything that happened after that. It changed everything. Yes, it did. And then, like you said, 
An ass to the face is a red card, but an elbow forearm to the side of a head, not even warranted looking at. So, I mean, Newcastle have been a little lucky there to be on the end of some of these. 100%. But Newcastle, they wouldn't take advantage of their of the man advantage until the second half with 17-year-old Lewis Miley put the Magpies in front in the 57th minute after a nice slash, I will say, lucky little run by Bruno Guimaraes. Yeah, I mean, he was on fire in this match, so a little bit of luck has to go your way. We go good. I mean, great for Miley, man. 17-year-old coming in, multiple games starting in a row. Finally gets a goal. Our second Came goal. in for the injured, jo- injured Joelington. He yeah. had to come off in this game. Getting plenty of playing time. Yeah. Good to see. Lucky the ball fell to him, but it was a fantastic finish. And they get their seventh just seven minutes later through Anthony Gordon. Wonderful ball to Cal Wilson, who was taken out by Robinson and Leno. And the ball just kind of rolled all the way through to <laughs> Miggy Elmeron, man. Yeah. First to react. I, I mean, I don't one. think this... I don't think this would have been a penalty because all three players were going for the ball. But, yeah, it just looked like a slow-motion replay for Miggy Almiron. He's like, oh, what? Why is the ball rolling still? Put and Newcastle there. get their third late in the 82nd. Free kick was cleared only as far as Bruno and with a delightful outside-of-the-boot cross. This was That was a beautiful cross from Bruno, man. Gets the head, finds the head of Dan Byrne, who honestly heads it... Sh- onto Leno, who has a fantastic save. And then it bounces straight back to Dan Byrne, and he finishes it. Yeah. I mean, nothing Burt Leno could really do about that. He did everything he could. Moving on to a team that are rocketing up the table, man. We had Burnley and Everton. Everton won this one 2-0. Two first-half goals from Amadou Onana and Michael Keane at Turf Moor. Saw Everton win their fourth game in a row. Yeah, man. Everton's one of the hottest teams in the Premier League right now. Ten-point deduction or not. I would love to have seen them not have that, because they would be all the way up in ninth. I don't know. Do you think they would be winning these games if they didn't have that little bit of chip on their shoulder from having maybe, those ten points maybe taken? Not. I, they've had this form all season, so... I would say probably, maybe not as much of a chip on their shoulder, but... I mean, good for them. They're clearly going to get a 10-point deduction and be safe this season. So, Yeah, Dyche is really getting the best out of these players, man. And I will say, Everton, they looked deadly from set pieces. They've really pinned that goalkeeper back and have some great service into the box. Yeah. That's how they scored their first goal is off of a corner. Yeah. I mean, if I'm any, any Premier League team that struggles, their goalie struggles in the air, I, when I face Everton this season, I'm sweating big time. <laughs> Talking to you, David Raya. He Ooh. has struggled with them crosses, hasn't he? <laughs> but man, Everton, they leapfrog Forest into 16th, and Burnley, well, we know where they're at. Sitting there with Sheffield United. Eight points. Cue, cue the flushing sound. <laughs> I don't know how to make a toilet sound. Yeah, I don't either. Well, our next game, we had Wolves taking on West Ham, and West Ham demolished Wolves 3-0. 
showing their attacking prowess, aka Mohamed Kudis and Jared Bowen and Lucas yeah. Takeda. Yeah, I mean that all three goals were all three of those guys, and they're forming a lethal combination. And dare I say, Manchester United going to get one of Ten Hag's former players. I think they got the wrong one, and Anthony. <laughs> Uh, Mohamed Kudis is looking like a star at West Ham. Yeah, yeah, he is. I mean, that Kudis Paqueta connection, man, was was deadly. Yeah, Wolves could not find an answer for it. And credit to West Ham, man, bouncing back after that terrible loss to Fulham. Yeah, five nil. The other game we have saw Brentford hosting Aston Villa. Brentford saw a man sent off, and Villa come from behind to win this one 2-1. Villa also had a man sent off late, Ubukar Kamara, for a kind of nasty hands-in-the-throat shove there. But Brentford, they would score first through a Lewis Potter just before halftime, and then Ben Mee would see red for Brentford in the 72nd. Again, Breath originally gave a yellow, VAR recommends on-field review, and a red is given. Red for you? Yeah. I This one's tough. Because unlike the Basuma one, it makes a lot less contact in this one. But his foot is in a bad area, man. Yeah. High around the shin, studs up. Yeah. If he gets contact, it's ugly. It is very ugly. And credit to Leon Bailey for not flailing around on the ground. But Yes, think... round of applause for that, man. If that had been Bruno... Fernandes or anyone else, yeah, they would act like they just got murdered. Yeah, quite a few players around the league would have done that. But I mean, credit to him for not doing that. But at the end of the day, I think the ref probably got it right. Good on VAR for having him go to the monitor. What'd you say? Good on VAR. Yeah. Remember, this is recorded. We'll be able to prove you said that again. I asked for <laughs> consistency. I will give credit where credit is due. Lots of red cards this round. Yeah. All the going back to look at these tackles at the monitors, man. <laughs> man we yeah, got... I mean, Villa would score just six minutes after the red card, so it completely changed the entirety of the game. I mean, Alex Moreno back from injury at the back post. And then Ole Watkins would get the winner in the 85th minute from a corner. Wonderfully worked. He's there to finish it after a flick on. And then we had some feisty scenes, my friend. We did. This was almost like a, a derby match, man. It like, looked like When it. did this rivalry start between I, Villa I and Brentford? I, no idea. No idea when that came about. But, I mean, Neil Mope and, I mean, we know Emmy Martinez. He, he's the ultimate player with at banter. Like, he's going to get in your face. He's going to piss you off. And Neil Mope, I mean, we know he's got a temper, but I didn't think it would flare up that fast. <laughs> so there's like two instances there was one where it went out for a corner goal kick something like that and Neil Mope is running past Sammy Martinez and gives him a little, little shoulder bumps him and Amy Martinez is rolling on the ground oh was he acting like he got shot went in trying to win an Oscar and then a little bit later kind of similar situation maybe Martinez bounces into Neil Mope Mope falls down and He's looking at the ref. Emmy goes and like tries to pull him up by his shirt, which he didn't need to do that. And then a little brawl ensues, and then that's where Bubakar Kamara gets his yellow, grabbing around the throat of I forget which player it was, but I I don't. But it almost looked like 
like an open-handed throat punch. <laughs> a little bit. It was like he had his hands there and just kind of yeah. shoved. Shove, I don't know. <laughs> I hope that guy wasn't chewing gum. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> all right. Well, let's move on to our arsenal. They beat Brighton two 0 at the Emirates. Ran away with it, man. Yeah, and I mean, this was Brighton's the first match they failed to score since February eighteenth of twenty twenty three. That's thirty two matches ago. And I'll be That's honest impressive. with you. They didn't look like scoring this entire match. So I will say, I feel like they had one good chance, very late, mm-hmm. that they put wide. That Other was it. That, yeah. But I couldn't tell you if they had, I, I don't think they had any other shots on target. They had like one shot on shots. target. The one I'm talking about, they hit wide. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, like, just shots in general. They had next to none. It was crazy. Even Roberto De Zerbi came out and said... We're not used to getting dominated like that. Like we usually have chances or create something, but not not against Arsenal this time. No, no. I mean, if you if anybody wants to say anything about Arsenal, I mean, okay, they bottled it last season, but the one reason why they bottled it was probably because William Saliba was out, and they weren't sure up on the defense, go especially in midfield. This season, can't say that. They are stifling on defense. As soon as you get the ball, they are looking to win the ball back immediately. Easily, in my opinion, the best defense in the Premier League. Can attack that well. We'll get to that in a little bit. because That's not the same. But defensively, I will give Arsenal high praise. Yes, let's let's hope those uh, defenders can stay healthy. That's a big question. (laughs) That is a big question. But the goals in this game came from Gabriel Jesus and Kai Havertz in the second half. Havertz, man, four goals in seven games. Waka waka, eh, eh. What a song. I know. I will say, like, I thought Odegaard had a very good game. But Arsenal, I also thought, were a little wasteful in front of goal. Like, they could have had maybe four or five. I, I, I think you're being nice about wasteful. I think. Be nice because, about wasteful. Yeah, just downright sloppy. I mean, they had chance after chance after chance after chance, especially in that second half. Yeah, the fact there was only one nil until after the 80th minute, or when Kai Havertz scored was like what 82nd or something. Yeah, like that. it's baffling to me because Kyle Saka had numerous chances. Gabriel Martinelli had numerous chances. Gabriel Jesus had numerous chances. Odegaard had a couple of chances. Nobody, like, they barely could even hit the target, let alone, I mean, that's how wasteful they were. They were, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, great for them being dominant, you know, winning back the ball. But you got to be able to do something in front of goal. And it's the complete opposite of last season where they were scoring goals for fun, but defensively not sure. This season, they are defensively astute and not going forward. Downright wasteful, if you want to use your words again. And after this match, they went top of the table because Liverpool played Manchester United later on Sunday. Mm -hmm. So we'll get to that game next. Liverpool played Manchester United. This one ended nil-nil. Yeah, man. 
Yeah, Man United parking the bus, and it did its job. It did its job. I mean, when you have as many injuries going forward as United does, I mean, you could tell they weren't trying to, you know, push players forward and score. Counterattack. I mean, they were looking for a counterattack. Was... Yeah, and they had a couple maybe... chances. To be fair, they did. They did. To be foul. To be foul. Um, but Liverpool, man, just like Arsenal before, wasteful. 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 They they couldn't finish at all. At least Arsenal got two goals. <laughs> so Liverpool, man, they were awful. I mean, Darwin Nunez being his normal self. I don't think he scored in, I think it's 10 games now. Johnny Evans had a fantastic game. Mo Salah was relatively quiet. He Luis was. Diaz was relatively quiet. The midfield of Liverpool wasn't really doing much. Trent was the best player on the field, in my opinion. But there was no end product. So. No, no, there, was, there wasn't. there was Like you said, Johnny Evans played good. I thought Rafael Varane played good. Good to see yeah. him back in the squad. Yeah. But I will say, I think if Bruno plays in this match, Liverpool wins. <laughs> you think if he, if he plays? And I, my, my one and only point will be is if you go back and watch this match and you watch Anthony, every time he gets hit, there's no flailing on the ground. There's no complaining. He's not mad. He's not throwing punches or pushing anybody. He is acting like a cool, calm, and collected customer. And the only time he does that is when Bruno is not on the field. Interesting observation. That's an interesting one. Yeah. Let's get to kind of a sequence of events I thought was absolutely hilarious as Diego Dallo would receive two yellow cards in, 19 in the sec- same sequence of complaining 19, about a throw-in. 19 seconds, yeah. And, you know, for all of my, you know, this episode saying how much I approved of VAR and appreciate them, I appreciate them in this matter, too, because they had a VAR check on it. And VAR had no idea why he gave a red. <laughs> Just like me. I had no idea. Because it was I was wondering it too. Like what one it wasn't two separate instances, it was just one continuous complaint. It was. And it was only throw. like nineteen seconds long. And if you watch the replay, most solid hits the ball last. So I understand why he's mad. So why is it two yellows? I don't understand that. I I can't under, why can't he just give him a yellow and be like, hey, the game's almost over, settle down, or I'm gonna send yeah. you off. Yeah, Michael Oliver, the referee, could have easily have done that. I, I don't understand. VAR didn't understand it either. So, Michael Oliver for you. That's the refereeing in the Premier League for you. Yeah. But yeah, that was but a yeah, funny one. Good on Man United, Liverpool. I mean, we'll see between Liverpool and Arsenal who can be more wasteful this upcoming weekend when they play <laughs> each other. Merry Christmas, everybody. Yep, that's right. So Arsenal, they say top of the table, 39 points. Liverpool in second, 38 points. United, they're in seventh on 28 points. Yeah, man. Got so, some, yeah. So good games coming up, too. I mean, like I said, Arsenal plays Liverpool at Anfield. We also got Tottenham plays Everton, which should be an interesting match. Luton plays Newcastle at Kenilworth Road. Wolves play Chelsea. Will Wolves will that play right into Wolves' hands? West Ham plays United. 
and Crystal Palace plays Brighton. So it should be Yeah, lots of games coming up, man. We got games on the 21st, the 22nd, 23rd. 24th, 26th, 27th, 28th. Yeah. 30th. 29 29 (laughs) games in 10 days. So here we go. We're going to be busy. Yeah. That's all I can say. Yeah. The good kind of busy, though. I don't mind being busy watching football matches. My favorite kind of busy during the holidays. That's Beer right. And football match on the TV. There you go. All right. Well, let's move on to our next segment. We posted recently on our Instagram that Sergio Aguero had said who his top three strikers of all time are. And so we asked you guys what your top three strikers of all time were. Aguero had picked R9, Ronaldo, Thierry Henry, and Luis Suarez. Some responses we got were Ronaldo, R9, Henri, and then maybe switching out Suarez for Lewandowski. Yeah. Or we had some old school strikers in Pele, Puskas, Osebio, uh, Muller, Puskas, Ronaldo, R9, Van Bastian, Muller, R9, R9, Gullet, Puskas. So a lot some of the some same players. Love the same players. I'm shocked that not a single person that gave us answers said Cristiano. I'm I was shocked. 100% Absol- shocked as well. Absolutely shocked. It's like jaw on the floor. How do you not say, honestly, he is the greatest striker in my eyes of all time. And so I will get to my top three strikers. It is Cristiano Ronaldo, <laughs> R9, the other and Ronaldo. Pele. Yeah. I mean, it's solid choices, man. You got the top two goal scorers of all time at this moment then, in time. And then my one little bias one of Cristiano R9. <laughs> and then R9. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame you for picking those three. I don't. But I, I couldn't decide, man. I, I had to list a biased one and a non-biased one. A bias and a non-biased. Yeah. Because... Well, give me your non-biased first. Let me, let me, let me, let me hear okay. your... For the numbers, just, strictly just by strikers. Sheer, sheer numbers, right? I, I had a toss-up between Mueller and Puskas, and I ended up picking Puskas. Okay. Does have the award named after him. I can understand yeah. that. And then the two top goal scorers of all time, Cristiano Ronaldo and Pele. I mean, I, how do you argue with that? You're asking for the best strikers of all time. What does a striker do? What's their number one job? Score goals. Score goals. Well, why are the two top goal scorers of all time not on that list? Because number three is not a striker. So, again, it only makes sense. But completely biased. I mean, you know how much I dislike Cristiano Ronaldo and his <laughs> on the field. Well, at least you can put your bias aside for a non-biased I list can. and put him on there. I can which is why a lot of these people, I'm like, how do you not have Cristiano? And Lewandowski, yes, he's been great. Maybe people thought this was like the best three you've seen. But even then, you've seen Cristiano Ronaldo for his entire career. If you've seen R9 and Thierry Henry. So I have to question your uh, thought process on that. Aguero's? Whoever you are. Well, Aguero and whoever picked Lewandowski, I don't understand those at all. And there's no you know who it was. <laughs> Van Basten, I understand. Mueller, I understand. Yeah. Uh, but my completely biased one would be Pele 
who is a constant and should be in everybody's top three. Henri and R9. As you should, you could have probably answered that for me. Because Thierry Henry, in my opinion, is the best, well, he's the most fun to watch striker besides R9 that I've ever seen. Those two were the most fun to watch, and Henri was, he's like a gazelle, right? It's just so silky smooth, and R9 was just a beast. Dancing through players, running through them, whatever you want. He was a beast, but with the feet of a ballerina, man, was R9. With grace. With grace. So. Well, I like your non-bias and your bias. Mine had a little bit of both mixed into my one list. I think R9 might be my bias pick. I mean, how is he not your favorite? I understand that. He was honestly the footballer that made me fall in love with the game. Watching him play in the 98 World Cup. Let's put it this way. Lewandowski being on there is about as biased as me putting, if I was to put Ian Wright on mine. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't know about Ian that, Wright man. Lewandowski does R9. have some incredible awards. Top score in Germany, all, all the stuff he did over there in the Bundesliga. I'm just saying, R9 and Ian Wright were the two footballers, and Dennis Bergkamp were the ones that made me fall in love with football. So I don't know if you can even count Dennis Bergkamp as a striker, though. He's He's not. A position of his own. I was just players that made me fall in love with football. (laughs) Yeah. Well, maybe that'll be our next question that we post. We should post that one on our Facebook group. Get you guys over in there joining that. So then you have to answer who your footballers that made you fall in love with the game. There you Mm. go. That's a good one, right? Yeah, that's a great one. And then make sure you check out our Redbubble where you can get awesome stickers like these and this guy. Mr. Henry himself and our logo. You know, where's the R9 one? Do you have that one handy? Right here? There you we'll go. We have an R9 now. one as well. I do. <laughs> Hence our bias. <laughs> yeah. But make sure you guys check out the Red Bubble. Helps us continue doing this. Check out our Facebook and our Facebook group. Make sure to check out our YouTube. Make sure to like this video. Subscribe to the channel. Hit that notification bell. We had some wild, wild results this week. Man United somehow drawing Liverpool. Arsenal completely dominating Brighton. Crystal Palace coming from behind to tie Manchester City. Everton on fire. Newcastle back to winning ways as well as Tottenham. But till next time, my friends. Happy holidays. From us to you and yours. And until then. Cheers. Cheers.